What? Please don't eat the Ben and Jerry's, it's mine. Baby, I don't eat ice cream. Oh, good, because that's what I'm having for my snack. No, you're not having ice cream as a snack. I'll ask Mom. I No, you may not ask Mom, and you may not have ice cream as a before-bed snack. Yes, Papa. You can have some tomorrow after dinner or something. All right? Thank you. Do you want the Christmas tree lights on or off? No, thank you. That wasn't one of the the options. Do you like it that we're back to reading in a digital format and I'm not wearing my headlamp? Yes, I like the dark. All right. Alexa, turn off Christmas tree. Hello, and welcome to Dad Reads, a podcast where a dad, that's me, reads to his son, that's me, while he constantly interrupts. Yep. Chapter 4, A Message from the Grave. A rift opened up in midair, and the griffins tumbled back into the treehouse like apples dumped out of a basket. They had just enough time to look through the hovering portal to see a ceiling of the control room collapse. There was a flicker, and then it was gone. Max staggered to his feet, helping the others to do the same. Their faces were white, their breath labored. I feel like I was turned inside out, Ernie confessed, checking his body for missing parts. Max agreed. Only he would have described it as being disassembled and reconstructed without anesthesia. I wish I had brought a camera, Harley said with regret. The schematics for those machines were amazing. At least we found these, Max said, fanning the round table cards across the coffee table in the center of the room. As the Griffins recounted their adventure, a small dragon floated through the window to perch lazily on the refrigerator. There was a flash of light, and suddenly the dragon was gone, leaving behind the form of a furry spriggan. It was a cat-like fairy with large eyes, a coat of spiky fur, and a leathery tail. Spriggans were shapeshifters, but this particular fairy was more. It was a bounder fairy. After Max had freed the Spriggan from her prison, she had sworn to protect him for the rest of his life. We don't actually know Sprigs of Protector or not. We just kind of presume that. No, we don't. It just said it. Well, I mean, it's never really been proven. It was just presumed. (laughs) It's absolutely been proven. She saved him like two or three times, and she saved Ernie, and it said that she was his bounder in the last book, and it just said that she was his bounder here. I think that's pretty well proven. Yes, but it's not like Ivor. Oh, for the love of Pete. Uh, Ivor was a human, not a bounder. Well, let me finish what I was saying. Or, you know, Logan, or uh, the... uh... Also not a fairy. Logan is they a person. They never told Max. Hey. Springs around us. All right. The so, only problem... I mean, we never really got into Spring, are you my bounder or not? Yes, sir. Like, that never happened. I mean, maybe Spriggs is very grateful that he, he, he freed her. Okay. Can we continue? Yes, Papa. The only problem was that she wasn't around much. You missed out on another adventure, Sprig, Ernie exclaimed. 
There was this little cave with killer traps and a pile of dead robots. Oh, and... Uninterested, the Spriggan yawned before licking her paw absently. I just wish we knew how the scarab beetle got here, Natalia said, and she examined the note that had come in the package. She held the parchment up to the light before pulling out her phantasmoscope to... Ah, she checked for a watermark. Very smart. To check for traces of magic. Nothing, Natalia complained. Not even a fingerprint or a loose hair. I can't solve a mystery if there aren't any clues. Maybe it was a ghost, Ernie suggested. Look, I know this is going to sound crazy, but what if Ivor sent the package? Max asked, nervous of the reaction. Nobody said a word. After all, Ivor was supposed to be dead. Olaf Iverson, whom everyone affectionately referred to as Ivor, had been the proprietor of the Shop of Antiquities. He also had been a surrogate grandfather to the Grey Griffins, not to mention a member of the Knights Templar. Surrogate. What's funny about that? It just has multiple meanings. No, it doesn't. The host of an egg for a person who can't give birth themselves. Well, that's... So surrogate just means a stand-in for something else. So when they're saying surrogate grandfather, they mean a stand-in, a stand-in for someone's grandfather. And if you're a, a surrogate, a surrogate uh, parent, then you are a surrogate stand-in for, um, for someone to, to give birth. And if you're a surrogate... And if you're surrogate for a doorway, we're very sorry for you. What? That was until Max's father reportedly had killed him. But this isn't Ivor's handwriting, Natalia pointed out, holding up the note. Max shook his head. Maybe someone else sent it for him. Think about it. If anyone wanted us to find a set of round table cards, it would have been Ivor. It wouldn't have been the first time he used him as a clue. What about the blueprints or that pile of metal body parts? Natalia pointed out. Ivor never mentioned anything about robots before. Besides, if he really is alive, where has he been hiding? I know, it doesn't make sense, Max sighed. But if there is a chance that Ivor's alive... Don't you want to find out? Don't be ridiculous, Natalia exclaimed. Of course I do, but there's no way. He would have contacted us by now. We need to talk to Logan, Ernie said as he walked out of the bathroom, face finally cleaned of the oil. Max sighed as he shuffled through the cards. You're probably right, but I don't want to tell him anything until we have more information. Natalia, do you still have that that remote viewing... None of that made any sense. I'm sorry. Just, I usually utter. Natalia, do you still have that remote viewing card for the Templar Library? What do you think? Good. We need you to do some research. Can you track down the cards that we found? 
I've already made a list, she replied, patting her book of clues. I'll do a search for the cards in anyone called the Clockwork King. I'll even look for the brimstone key. What about me? Ernie said. Max set the cards back on the table. I thought your grandparents were still in town. Yeah, but they're flying back to Phoenix in the morning, so I'm supposed to go home and play board games. I hate playing board games. My grandpa cheats. Then I guess that leaves me and Harley to check out the Ivor shop. Nah, I can't tonight, Harley said. Someone gave my mom tickets for the Twins game. We're supposed to leave in about an hour. I don't want to miss it because it's the last homestand before the playoffs. How about tomorrow night? Max didn't want to wait, but he wasn't about to go to the shop of antiquities alone. He hadn't been back there since Ivor disappeared. There were too many haunting memories, and he wasn't sure he could handle it alone. The only problem was that if they wanted to find out who had sent the beetle, Ivor's shop was their best lead. Chapter 5 Transferring is never easy. Chapter 5. Transferring is never easy. Rain fell on the morning of the first day of school. Pungent smells from the forest swept over the road as Logan drove the Griffins into this, in the Sumner limousine. Max still hadn't told Logan about the cards. Every time he tried, something had come up. Besides, Max was too nervous about the Griffin's first day at Iron Bridge to concentrate on much of anything else. His grandfather, or his grandmother sat in the passenger seat. A woman of elegance, Grace Caliburn, was telling the Griffins about the time she'd met Max's grandfather. I was 14 and he was a year older, she said quietly. Those were simpler times, wonderful times, before the war. And Scotland was a magical place for an American like me. So you boarded at Sterling Academy? asked Natalia. That's where Mom went. Sterling Academy? Yeah, she went to Sterling. I don't know about Academy, but she went to Sterling College, so I presume it's the same. Interesting. I would hate to be away from my family for that long. It was more common in those days, but it was still difficult. I suppose some of the students will board at Ironbridge, but I've heard talk that a good many families are moving to the area. You went to Sterling, too, didn't you, Logan? asked Ernie. For a time, the Scotsman replied, uh, bristling. Logan kept his life as private as a bank vault. And? Sterling isn't for everyone. Let's just leave it at that. Which brings up a good point, interrupted Natalia. If the Knights Templar is a secret organization and no one knows it exists, then why build a school in plain view? The secret is bound to get out. I mean, the whole town is snooping around trying to get inside that gate. Logan nodded, keeping his eyes on the road. I wouldn't worry about it. Baron Lundgren has taken care of the details. Besides, this isn't a school. It's nothing more than a facade. A what? Ernie asked. It means it's a trick, Natalia interjected. True, true enough, Logan agreed. That building is actually a depot for an underground railroad that will take you to Iron Bridge. You mean the Academy isn't in Avalon? Ernie pressed. The worried tone in his voice was mounting. It is, and it isn't, Logan replied. What's that supposed to mean? Ernie asked. Means he doesn't know how to answer that question. In a manner of speaking, Iron Bridge is on the island in the middle of Lake Avalon. Of course it is. Wait a minute. We've been there, right? Harley said. 
The, simu the simulation chamber where we chained a few times as part of the school. Exactly. I don't get it, Ernie said, more confused than ever. If Iron Bridge is on the island, why don't we just take a boat? If sim stands for simulation, what is a sim chamber? A simulation chamber? Shouldn't it be a sim chamber, not a sim chamber? Like they keep calling it a sim chamber? What are you talking about? I'm sorry. A sim chamber is what they're calling it. No, they're calling it a simulation. What are you talking about? Like, you've confused me. In the last... Not... Never mind. The shot must be... The shots must be... Oh, would you stop it? You're fine. You got a couple of shots. You're fine. I know, but they're probably just making me utter nonsense. <laughs> shots have nothing to do with you saying utter nonsense. But in the last book, they were calling it a sim chamber. A sim chamber. You were saying sim chamber. Sim chamber. Yes, that's what it should be called. What are you what are you accusing me of saying? Sin? Sem. Sem? Baby, you're saying the same thing. Sem and sim are not the same. Oh, are you making fun of the way I talk? Is that what's going no! on? No. I'm not. I'm just saying if it's called a sem chamber and that's what calling it a simulation chamber, it should be called a sim chamber, not a sem chamber. What you're calling Nothing you're saying is making I'm in the sorry. least little bit of sense. I'm sorry. Uh, but, uh, yeah, the Templar have worked so hard. No, I, I lost my gut. <laughs> mm. lost my gut. The Templar have worked so hard to hide the academy. But what if one of the students blabs and the whole town finds out where it really is? They won't. How can you be sure? She pressed. Logan's silent response signified that the conversation was over. Oh Natalia sat back, arms crossed in dissatisfaction. Logan was an enigma Natalia had never succeeded in understanding. You look a little tired, Ernie, Grandma Collarburn said. Did you stay up late last night? Ernie yawned. I'm not really a morning person. He was dressed in his Agent Thunderbolt costume in hopes that it would earn instant respect from his fellow students, though Harley had warned him that Ernie was more likely to end up with an atomic wedgie. <laughs> Here we are, Logan called as he pulled up to a towering iron gate. Beyond lay an impenetrable wall of trees. Two men dressed similar to Logan manned the guardhouse, and when they saw the Scotsman, they opened the gate and let him through. Logan waved and pressed on. Looking out the window, Max caught faint glimpses of a building through the thick foliage. With most of the school still under reconstruction, Iron Bridge was only offering grades 6 through 8 this year. As new buildings were finished, the academy would be open to more students. That meant that most of the kids would be around the same age as the Griffins. As the building came into view, Max was disappointed. Even though it was part of a depot, nothing about it looked like an elite military academy. It was just, well schoolish there was a playground where everything was painted in red and yellow max couldn't imagine why they would need slides or merry-go-rounds if they were supposed to learn how to protect the world from evil remember not everything is as it seems logan said catching max's sigh of discontent once you're inside you'll feel different wait a minute ernie said fidgeting you're coming with us right first i have to park the car I'll catch you up with you in a bit, the Scotsman said. 
Just stay out of trouble. I don't want to hear stories about you getting yourself into fights. Got it? He looked over at Harley, who ignored the comment. Ernie eyed the swarm of unfamiliar students milling around the entrance and his stomach churned. Can't you just stand in line with us? You fought witches and werewolves. I think you can handle a few students. Just relax and enjoy your time here, Grandma Caliburn added softly. And remember, you're the Grey Griffins. You're practically famous. Logan helped the Griffins unload before he drove off to find a parking spot, leaving Max, Harley, Ernie, and Natalia surrounded by a crowd of complete strangers. I mean... Chapter 6. Sticking Out in a Crowd.